just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Loki Podcast with John Ball from Present Influence. Welcome to the Loki Podcast from Present Influence. My name is John Ball and I'm joined today by a very special guest. Alea Sandovar is joining me from all the way from Amsterdam, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Now, um, Alia has, uh, it describes herself as a world citizen, has an eclectic background, a PhD in game production, a BA, uh, a bachelor's in public relations and communications, has worked with uh, educational academies, nonprofits, game studios, corporates, and startups. So a lot of experience there. And uh, Alia tells me she's becoming a yoga teacher and also that her superpower is bringing out the best in people. So yes. welcome, <laughs> great you. to have you with us. Thanks so much. Now, I was very excited when you contacted me in the first place because uh, one of the things that I had looked at was a bit about game design and gamification in mm-hmm. business. And I'm starting to get that that's an important area, mm-hmm. uh, one that a lot of people are looking into. And I know it's interesting to me, so that's making me think, hopefully it's interesting to other people as well, which I'm pretty sure it will be. Tell, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into the whole game gamification kind of thing. Oh, sure. Well, um, I'm, I'm originally from uh, Colombia, South America. And um, I, when I was younger, I used to play um, sort of uh, s- some games. Um, and, uh, but, but I think when I think back about like where, where my interests for games began, um, began with my grandmother. Uh, we, we used to spend the summers in a different city than where, where I was raised. And um, while well, my mom was working, my mom was trying to um, work three jobs to keep us afloat at the time. Uh, we would spend the summers with my grandmother. And she, um, to keep us motivated, she would sort of like play these games with us where uh, if you wanted to have like your snack or your fruit snack, uh, you had to like, um, we, we would like, she would give us like these little puzzles that we had to complete either like math, you know, little math things that we had to do or like language things or spelling things. And she would line up all her, um, you know, all her grandchildren. And then we take turns and she would ask us different questions. And I, I, and then as, as the rounds went by, she would just make the questions harder and harder and harder. And I think it was at that time that I started realizing that I was smart and that I was capable and I was having fun doing this. And I, I can say that, I mean, this experience is really important to me. And, but, but somehow I got tucked away for many years. Um, and it was only after I, I decided I'd had, I did a few job changes and I, and after I did my, I finished my bachelor's and I had my first job and then I did a master's in psychology. And it was when I was working with my clients in psychology that we were starting to play games and things like this. And then it linked back to, to how I used to have so much fun with my grandma and, and, and the, how I began feeling was special. And it was really the best times I had with my clients at that time was when we were playing or doing something that was appeared to be non-therapeutic. And, and then I started wondering, well, I, I wonder, can I really study about games? Can I really research about games? Is this possible? And, and I don't know why it didn't dawn on me. I mean, there are game designers and people make games, but I don't know why it didn't 
dawned on me that I could do this as a job earlier. And, uh, and then from there, I just you know, had the intuition to, to go study. And then I ended up getting my PhD in game production and getting involved with the Game Developers Conference and a bunch of other things. So it's great. Yeah. You, had that, you had that encouragement really from a very early age. Now, my family, my grandparents and, and parents would give me anything that would keep me quiet. <laughs> so, so sometimes it would be like a book of, uh, uh, although I was a pretty quiet child, but I'd get a book of uh, word puzzles and things like that. So and I, I get the whole sort of you know, puzzles are great. But you actually had a lot of interaction and, and encouragement with that as well, which is fantastic. So that's uh, a wonderful story. And it really does, it planted a seed for you. Yeah, it 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 really did, and I I I mean, of course, now we look back, and everyone in the family, all the all my cousins, um, all my, you know, um, the the grandchildren of my grandmother, we all have a picture of her, and everyone has the same picture, and I think it's because she was so instrumental in creating activities for us. So games were one of the activities. She would play all kinds of different types of games with us, cards, and she would embed games and, and make us do performances and all kinds of things. Um, and, yeah, and I think it was really, you know, this idea that you could um, be playful. And I, I, I think it also helped us forget. Like I said, it helped me believe that I was smart, but it also helped me forget some of the difficulties we were having at that time. Um, and not only like in our family because of the uh, financial strain that we were having during that time, but also it was a really terrible time in Colombia's history, you know, with, during Pablo Escobar era and things like this. So it was, it was not an easy time. And, and to have something to like take you away from it all and to have someone that helped you cope with it uh, was really important. Oh, that's great. She sounds like she was a wonderful lady. And thanks. Yeah, she's really Thank awesome. you. That's a really lovely story to share with us as well. I love it. And so on your journey, you you discovered you could make money from, from games and the idea of gamification. Can can you explain to me what that actually involves, what you do with people? Uh sure. So um I because I don't only do gamification, but I'll explain a bit of the process of gamification and then maybe I'll talk a little bit about the game production part. Um, so for for gamification, what it means is that I, a lot, well, you want to apply, gamification is the process of applying game principles or game mechanics to like real life um, events or activities or things like this. And it's currently used as like behavioral change or motivation or something. Um, what what people often think of gamification is they tend to think of gamification as something that, okay, as long as I put a leaderboard up and I put rewards up and badges, then something is gamified or like a point system. And yeah, to some degree that is true. But I tend to believe that that the more fun, that the part where it's really juicy, where gamification, and I would call it like gameful business or gameful something is is uh, more juicy is when you actually take principles, game design principles or game mechanics uh, from other games and try to figure out how they apply to a particular specific area of your business. So, so for example, what, what I do with, with my clients is I first have them fill out a survey so I can understand who, who are their own clients? Who, who do they serve? You know, uh, why do they do what they do? Uh, I have them take like a play sort of like personality quiz. So I, it helps me understand what kind of playful person they are. Um, and, and then I ask them from the different types of genres of games that are out there, what, what types of games they most suit their personality. And then, uh, and then based on that, I do a little research on their industry and the types of customers they have, and what. And then I go into looking at, at like some games that are out there that maybe people might not know about, or maybe or games that people might know about, and pull out some of the game mechanics that could be useful for something. Okay. I also ask them specifically to tell me what element what product what service they want to gamify because uh, saying okay i want to gamify your business is just too large 
So it's a lot easier to just say, okay, I want to, uh, you know, uh, somehow uh, make my freebie a lot more fun or playable or or I want to run this small marketing campaign, how can I make it more fun? Or these kind of things, how can I add game elements? So it has to be quite specific. And then I use the information. This, I think this is where my research background comes into play. I use the information um, about their customers, about their field, and the information that I gather myself um, to then figure out ways to use certain game mechanics that would fit best with that particular uh, service or product and with their business makes a lot of sense and yeah. and this is the whole thing you, you want we want people to be engaged and hooked in with stuff and so when it's fun when it's something you actually want to be a part of it's so much easier and you don't really have uh, much resistance very few people have that much resistance to having fun right but I think you have to understand what type of fun fits you as, as a business owner, coach, psychologist, you know, entrepreneur, and, and also fits your clients. Because, um, for, for example, if, if you are um, in, in maybe the coaching field, maybe uh, creating some sort of gamified experience that is competitive might not suit you right, right? so so uh, maybe it has to do some other type of motivation or engagement um, so so I, I, I think what I'm most fond of is really thinking about what is best for you what is best for your business what is best for your clients and customers rather than just slapping on anything that you can yeah so yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just a, a, our interest because I don't know if this. Is, I mean, it's related to to perhaps what you do, but I don't know if it's part of what you do. Uh, in some of the workshops and events that I have been part of and even created and run myself, I will sometimes put in game elements, like turn mm -hmm. something into a game to get to make it a learning experience, to get an outcome, and have people come back and talk about the experience, mm -hmm. uh, and that that's their opportunity to learn. It might be uh, a game of negotiation skills. It might be uh, a game where mm -hmm. you have to really work with, with values or you have to overcome a particular challenge. Is that something that you might work with somebody on as well and creating those sorts of games? Um, so, so I'm currently working, it's, it's not usually what I do because those creating those sort of games from scratch take a lot of time. So unless I'm hired <laughs> to make one of those games, um, uh, yeah, those value games are the games that they do for engagement or for skill building or, or resiliency or all these things. Um, uh, they take a long time to, to develop and make. Um, so, uh, so unless you're, you have like a publisher that can help you make it, it, it can be quite difficult. But I am, for example, working with the, uh, Juvenile Arthritis Association here in the Netherlands, um, because they want to create a, um, they wanted to create some kind of experience or something that would help the children explain to their peers uh, what it's like to have the experience of juvenile arthritis because it's very different. It's usually very misunderstood and people don't understand or children and people in general don't understand that, that, um, that it's a very, um, it's, it's a disease that, that it's long-term and you have it for the entire life and some days you feel good and some days you don't feel good and there's a lot of misconceptions around it. So and they want a way in which to educate that the children can play with other children in order to educate them. And, and so I'm in the process of creating a very short little kind of experience that they can share with their friends. Yeah. So, uh, so that's something I've done, but more recently, this is, leads more into the game production. I've actually worked on uh, four games for, um, for war child as part of their, their can't wait to learn program in which, um, they built educational games for children who were victims of uh, of war, and most of them were for refugees. And so we we were a team here in the Netherlands at the time when we worked on them of seventy people, and you know we had art and programming, and I was 
uh, one of the production managers there. And, you know, our, our goal was to, you know, at least my job there was to bring all the elements together, get them tested and make sure they were right, submit, you know, keep going back uh, through the drawing board if things weren't working well. And then, um, and eventually like submitting the final product to to the client, which was WordChamp. And, um, but that's a, that's a different, yeah, that's a different type of, when you do production, now we're talking digital production, that's a really large thing versus like creating a small game for a small client or small nonprofit or, or gamifying something. Yeah. So if you were working with a, a small, uh, a small company, a small, a small business or entrepreneurial group, um, you've already said that part of the process is to get their kind of their style of play to get what they, yep. what fits, what fits for them. What, where would the process go next? And what would be the things that, that generally they would bring you in for to, to do within that as well? Yeah. So, so there are, um, I guess it, it depends on how involved they want me to be in the process. So um, I think from from there, when 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 they fill in the information, um, so the the first the first place is sort of like ideation. So we sort of like brainstorm and ideate some ways in which they can um, add gamified elements. So it's when I may present some ideas of some of my research um, and tell them about it. Um, that could and also involve, if they wish, a more extended report that would write everything out and maybe even show them a few techniques on how they could implement it. And they might, in the process, may stop there with one person, or they may choose to then also um, include me in the process of making sure, you know, actually going about the implementation. So, like, like I did with one client, which was. Um, that I actually sat with her um, as she was putting a course together after we had discussed the different mechanics that might work for her. Um, then the next step was we, we sat down for a few hours and actually um, designed the course with the game mechanics in them. So as we were talking, the course was being designed and the game mechanics were being inserted in there according to what we had discussed previously. Um, and then, of course, the very last thing that would be possible uh, would be when someone says, I just don't want to have, I, I like what you did in the ideation. I want them implemented and I want to be completely hands off. Can you just add all the game mechanics into my course, get it all set? And then, uh, yeah, and then maybe there's collaboration and things like this, but I'm actually the doer of implementing the game mechanics. Sure. So um, course design and, and interaction is an important area. And I think that's really where I first came mm -hmm. across the idea of gamification, mm -hmm. that uh, a company that I do work with brought in uh, a gamification expert into their company. And uh, I say expert, I think she'd read a few books on it, but maybe she was. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not sure she had quite your level of expertise in it. But, um, but she designed a, a game system for their online programs that was designed to get more interaction. And it pretty much was just a, a reward, a track of reward. Mm -hmm. So it was a very basic level, mm -hmm. to, to my mind, of gamification. However, mm -hmm. you, you get your little points each time you complete a section mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but what kind of, can you give an example of what kind of things you might add into something like that, that or maybe you have done with people that, maybe get a bit more interaction and, and a, a different level of gamification. Okay, so so um, one thing that is very, very underused and I, I seem to talk about it is, um, so, so I wanna talk about the, the concept of a flow. So a flow is a concept that was um, developed by uh, a psychologist, and he. This was like back in the sixties or seventies. It's uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, so this is a concept that's used very much in games, and people may not realize this. And the reason why it's used in games is because we we want we use this idea that if 
if there's like a graph like this <laughs> and if if you make the experience um too difficult right what you're going to do is you're going to create frustration for the person and if you make the experience um uh, too easy people are going to get bored sure. so um one of the things that i noticed that needs to be added or rather taken away from many courses is that the, the there's often too much information that's too long and it's too complex and um and that is like one of the things that, that whenever you're thinking of of doing a course um people want to be as comprehensive as possible but the the challenge is that uh you know you, you have to give if especially if it's something where you're introducing people to a concept like you have to help people feel motivated by completing something very short very quickly and that's where i feel like the concept of scaffolding comes into play because what you want to do and what people do in games or like if you build a game you you give and people you often misunderstand this with rewards but the design is you allow people to achieve a milestone very quickly and very easily so if i was going to do a a course my the very first module the very first line would be a really short maybe 60 minute or two two minute video or introduction or exercise something that would take almost no time at all to to do that i could check off and feel really happy that i accomplished it and then and then from there begin building a bit more so extending the length of the videos or how many more videos it takes to say complete a particular um section or this kind of thing um, because that builds momentum but it makes me feel good that i finished something very quickly and often right away we start seeing very long videos and very complex things and i i'm curious i i, I haven't looked at the statistics about how many of these courses get started and not finished and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm willing to bet it has to do because they're not thinking of these concepts of like motivation and flow and, and scaffolding, um, which are not your typical rewards, badges, uh, leaderboard type things. It makes me think a little bit about um, Pomodoro's, you know, the Pomodoro technique of uh, I work. don't know it. Okay, so it's uh, it's named after a, yeah. a timer. Is within the Pomodoro, I think, is Italian for tomato. Yeah. Is that well? It, it's named after the timer that the person who created it used. That was yeah. a, a tomato timer. <laughs> so that's where it gets its name from. But it was really just this thing of working in focused blocks of um, building that up over time, mm -hmm. so that you could work to maybe fifty-five, ultimately fifty-five minutes, have a five-minute break, then come back into another focused. Ah. Uh, work block as well but you may you might start that off with 15 minutes or 20 minutes 25 minutes and build your way up to to more focused time giving yourself a little break in between but that you remove your distractions mm -hmm. and you just stay focused on the one task mm -hmm. and that builds you then up with momentum mm -hmm. to having more focus mm -hmm. something that that i use and find very effective but what you're talking about sounds like a similar path of momentum to that well train yourself to be able to do this little bit and build up a bit more we make it an mm -hmm. easy start and then it's easy to build upon that yeah exactly and and it because what what you want is for people to feel accomplished and motivated about what what you're doing or what they're doing so that they continue doing it and and um yeah and and that is the the fun and the wonderful thing about games or adding game principles that it really we, we can instill um, whatever it is that we want our clients or or people to get out of the products and services that we create we can instill those values in them so if we want to we and this is why the research part and having people define what their values are is really important because um, if if you want to instill some you know, if, if you want to instill competition, that's going to look very different in the way that you design something than if you want to instill curiosity. 
or or if you want to instill uh don't know like uh i'm trying to think of something else but if you want to instill anxiousness maybe there's a reason why you want to instill anxiousness into a design i don't know (laughs) but but certainly i see that a lot with the uh with a lot of like lead pages and all these like sales funnels and things like this this there's sort of like sense of urgency there when when I when I'm creating a, a speech or a public yeah. presentation, one of the things I initially do is tell a story, and and one of the main purposes of the story is to help set an emotional tone for the audience, listening, mm. because I want them to be in a particular state. So you're saying mm-hmm. you can do a similar kind of thing with the, with the game design as well. Yeah, absolutely, and there's many 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 tools out there. Um, that people can use. Um, there's a book and also like a set of cards called Values at Play, which people can use. Um, and it helps you define what values could be instilled in something that you do. Um, of course, there are there's something else called like game design lenses. And that's another set of cards that you can use. And so um, I, I think the important thing is to be very intentional about how you go about doing it and um and i know that that as business owners and entrepreneurs or sometimes there's a lot of moving parts and many things to figure out so there's not a lot of time to to focus on trying to learn new things um but but i think if you're gonna do adding add games to something then spending a little time uh noticing what would work best uh pays off in the long run yeah, uh, I think that make that makes a lot of sense to me. And interesting enough, I mean, I was I was looking just this morning. I was looking at some ads whilst I was scrolling through social media, and uh, one of the ads was for some cards that were to help people uh, who write speeches. It's targeted advertising for you, right? Yeah, so that's a lot of what uh, the groups that I'm in are, are in, and I guess my profile's listed as uh, public speaking and, and the like. So. So I'm getting an ad for that, and I'm thinking, okay, they also have a deck for people who write, who write content or write books. Okay, both of those seem really interesting to me. And so you're talking about some some similar kinds of resources, and think, okay, th- those things can be really great just to help you get clarity and structure and put things in a way that that makes sense in in laying them out. So I, I really really like what you're what you're bringing into that. I'm also very aware that as someone who's kind of in and around the online course industry that one of the I, I think a lot of people buy these things and never even start them how can gamification help people get past that biggest hurdle of getting started well yeah i think like i said before i think it um it it has to do with like the the design um how how much you you put on for the design of courses at the beginning to make it easy. Um, but I, but I think it may also have to do with the way that, um, the follow-up, um, which may not necessarily be, um, gamified, but I don't ever recall anyone that I bought a course from messaging me to check in to see how things were going and how they could help me. And that, that's what I mean, the sort of yeah. the, the, the impetus to actually do your first module. It's like, okay, you make it that process of starting easier, but yeah. how do you actually get people to do take that first step? You bought your program. Now the best thing to do is like not to forget about it and to use it. So there, the follow-up, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then, and then of course, you know, you, you could, of course, depending on what game mechanics you've chosen, you, of course, could very much instill if you wanted to at that point, um, some sort of reward that, you know, that, um, you know, anyone that starts the course is, is gonna earn this or gets a discount for X or this kind of thing. So there are ways in which you could promote uh, or support people into completing, uh, yeah, into completing the course, but you have to be very intentional about it. Certainly, like I said, offering a reward in that case would be really, really interesting. Um, and um, so something, something a bit more than your virtual medal that pops up on the screen. Yeah, when it's, you yeah, know, it's exactly. Yes, yes. Because um, I think, it, or they want to build towards something, right? The more, um, 
the more of the course you complete or the more of the things that is actually building towards something. I mean, when, when you think about other games, like the, you know, the, when, like, I'm trying to think of some of the games that you play out there that you're, you started at sort of like this easy level, but then some of them, you are actually collecting rewards, like, um, like, um, not, not like badges or points, but you're actually collecting things, you know, like you might be collecting a, um, uh, I don't know, like, like a little, uh, uh new armor or a new sword or these kinds of things right so so there so and and that feels like you did it you achieved this you know or um there's so many games with that with that mechanic even like uh, when casual games are really popular there's a lot of things that you could upgrade to if you built enough trees then you you know you get a special golden egg or whatever so right. so, so that is something that could be used to right if you complete enough things and you offer them something real uh, that would be good yeah. sure i mean that, that's the thing that keeps you coming back to any kind of yeah. computer game i, I guess yeah. isn't it the thing of you you achieve your certain levels so you have uh, some some of the things we achieve than others but there are some like, bigger boss challenges and things like that that you have to overcome and over time you build up i don't know uh, one game i was playing recently, recently you build up a whole like team or crew of people yeah. And uh, so, you know, if you stop playing the game, you're going to lose uh, yes. some of the rewards you're, that you're getting. But uh, but there there comes a point where, as I, I know, I'm not that big on online games, but I also find myself for that thing of um, I get a bit too involved in them when I do. But uh, and so I, I would like you know in a business context, I'd very much be looking to just enough level of involvement to get the result, but not to have somebody uh, completely. Uh, obsessively uh, trying to gain gain their way through something, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I I can I can understand. But even I mean I think even if they try to game their, their intensely your online course, I mean that that might show that they're much more engaged. You know that they're really committed to doing really well and finishing the course and getting yeah, all the rewards. I haven't really right? thought about that, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things uh, for me in, in terms of education is, is being like, of course you need to sort of get a taste for the material, but but I'm also thinking, you know, uh, for, for stuff that I'm creating, I also want people to review what they learn and to test themselves on it as well. These are things that have been shown to have a huge effect on retention and, and knowledge being not just something that you surfacely introduce yourself to as I go, it's familiar when you see it again, but stuff that you actually, that stays with you, that is knowledge that you can pull upon time and again. And is, is, is gamification something that could help with that as well? Um, I. I, I think it can, um, uh, just like you mentioned earlier, you know, for each level when you're playing a game, you're battling a boss, right? And that that is actually kind of like your final exam of all the skills that you've taken on throughout the thing. Um, but again, it comes down to to design, like how how is what you did designed in a way that motivates, encourages, or whatever value it is that you wanted to infuse into it um, to, to complete that part? And um, be, because you could certainly have something, uh, you know, have a course, for example, that at the end has a quiz or, you know, or... Um, but then how what is what is involved it's it's a little bit like in games in the game design we also talk a lot about feedback loops that there's these like loops um uh, that that um give the the person that's playing the game some sort of like feeling or reward or motivation and then based on their action they go into a different loop right. and then this happens over and over and over and of course, the loops get more complex, and maybe they get more more difficult the further you go in the game. Um, and uh, and so this kind of like feedback mechanism is something that would be 
really important if if you want someone to show to you that they've actually practiced it or something then then you have to sort of design into it like like i don't know like a, uh, if if you're if they're supposed to i don't know if you're teaching them to like create a landing page right how how motivating would it be that somehow it's designed that they would you know um upload their landing page once they're done to show that they actually did it right so they took the course now did they actually apply it right and 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 this this can be done if you want like we once did a game on 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 a facebook group so like it can be easily done where you um or you can do it on slack where people can respond you know you have the the statement or the to do and then people respond and then you can give you know little points or rewards or things like this in this case right. for example so, so the, doing the, what they, you ask them to the, do. the game elements are great for for getting that sort of interaction and getting thing getting people a bit hooked in can can they also then potentially be used for behavioral training for example for getting people to act in act a certain way or respond in a certain way yeah, of course. Of course you can do it. But the, the the challenge with that is that um uh, that can only last so long. <laughs> you know, there's only so much and and this is where uh, putting games as this like um high on be all like if you just gamify it you'll completely get all the results that you want and pe- you'll have com- uh, behavior change forever doesn't work because people have to have intrinsic you can't only have enough extrinsic motivation so people have to be internally motivated enough to want to continue that process and it may not it doesn't matter what you throw at them if if they don't also have some sort of inner something they they will not continue so so when when you look sort of like at behavior forming or habit forming and this this is not my area of expertise this behavior change thing um because i'm more on the design side but it it's it's is usually you can probably achieve something for a few months but if you want it really 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 long term um that requires many many different things around the person to to create that behavior change you know sure I understand, and uh, you know, maybe diving into diving into some areas that, that are maybe not quite quite so important for what you do. But um, I'm, I'm curious as to whether there's also potentially a, a, a dark side or a potential for these sorts of things to be used negatively or even abused in some ways as well. Oh yeah, I definitely think so, and I think that's happening a lot in in marketing um i i i sort of see it um because like i said you can design anything uh with a particular set of values so if you if you want to design for urgency or for fear you can certainly do that and um and so a lot uh, there are a lot of things already like i can think of one it's it's not gamified per se but it's a type of like design which is this uh clock countdown thing that happens everywhere you know this it's meant to it's meant to like give people a sense of urgency that time is running out right like they're gonna miss out unless they they partake into it and i and i sort of and and it's sort of like the standard thing that a a lot of um sales funnels marketing whatever have it now um and and I find that a bit dark because it's sort of feeding on people's fears. Um, it's it's not on the positive side of motivation. It's motivation um, because of negativity. Right. Yeah. It's fake scarcity, right? Yeah. Yes. Because exactly. there, there's no way that you know we're we're talking probably mostly digital products here. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there isn't a limit to how many people can buy a digital product or how often there's just whatever scarcity they, whoever's selling it chooses to apply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so it's sort of selling this, uh, yeah, this idea. And, and, and so I definitely think 
that that can be it. At, at the other side, that could also be negative, which is what often games are criticized for, is that something could be too motivating or too engaging where you can have this sort of like almost addictive, addictive quality to it where mm. it's designed so well that you just can't stop, right? Like, like um, of course, uh, usually people who then become quite addictive and aren't able to stop already have something else happening inside of them, uh, some other psychological issue. So it's not, it, on its own, it's not. But I've certainly stayed up playing games all night until four o'clock in the morning or, you know, and where did that time went? So, yeah, it's, it's happened to me as well. You get so yeah. engrossed in what yeah. you're doing as I've got to be at this level. And then, then you look at your clock and it's like, oh, you see the sun coming up. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, this is the reason I don't own a games console is because I, I just do not trust myself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's smart. And so they're certainly designed to give you that motivation. And, and I think one of the reasons why games are so successful, and I, and I wish we applied more game principles all, all the time in our life, is, is because often the kinds of the feeling and the rewards and the achievement and the, the uh, there, there's something that games can give you that you don't often get in real life. So, you know, if, if you take the garbage out, recognition. yeah, recognition, if you take the garbage out today, you know, no, no one's necessarily going to say thank you or you're good extra two points for do, do you know it's like well that's just part of like life right um but in a game taking the garbage out if it's a game about like i don't know cleaning up the environment or something and and it and it's measuring how much recycling you're putting away you it actually counts you know if, if i'm diligently recycling every day and doing my thing and then putting my stuff in the recycle bin right like no one's adding points for me that's making me feel good and in the game it does and so uh i think that's the that's one of the reasons why people like really enjoy that quality there's it's that feedback look i was talking about that it's, it takes right. a yeah but it's, it's also creating that uh, sort of whether it's mini or larger endorphin sort yeah. of rush of uh, that's uh, okay well it feels good so you, you you want to do more of the things that feel good right and exactly. that's what generates the the addiction loops as well sometimes yeah. for people yeah exactly and and it, yeah and so it feels good so you want to you want to do it more and uh, yeah. yeah like anything i mean it's, it's a tool yeah. that can be used for for people positively and you yeah. explain some of the ways you could do that but it's also a tool that's mm -hmm. open to abuse as well so the, the ethics of using something like that lie with the person who's using the tool as to do you know what, what their outcome is but to do maybe to do the right thing as well so the, there's, there's it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting side to, to what you do who, who are the kinds of people who you like working with the most? What have been maybe some of the best results that you've helped people get in this area? Wow. Okay. That's a great, that's a great question. I, I mean, in, in terms of like their profession or their personality. That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not yeah. looking for specific names, but just yeah. the sort of a general idea of the kind of uh, areas that you particularly like working in. Yeah. Well, I think, the first thing is I noticed that that I work best with people who have been in business for at least five years. So I think that's, uh, I enjoy that a lot because someone who is just starting or starting to figure out what they're doing or e even, even if they have um, experience in their field, but they haven't been doing their business for five years or longer, um, it's very difficult to then, um, there's a lot of things to define in the first five years of business. And so uh, it's not the right time to add game and game elements to sure. it. Sure, there's, uh, there's probably a lot of yeah. other things that they should be focusing on first anyway. Yeah, um, I, I tend to also like uh, people who are sort of in, in very uh, creative type fields. I, I don't know why. Okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I mean, you're I mean, kind of creative just, yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, so we tend to, 
when we're ideating or, or, or figuring out what the best game mechanic can be, um, it, it, it can be a lot of fun and, and it's a very collaborative um, experience. So, so I think for me, when I, when I approach my work, it's much more about collaboration. Yes, of course, I'm offering consultation in my background, um, but it's not about me just telling someone what to do but rather like working together to achieve something that you want and uh and and so yeah so so I like this collaborative feeling and with creative people that they they seem to understand how to think about things so that can be really interesting Mm. and um but in terms of professions I think um uh yeah, I think anything can go as long as it seems interesting. I worked with one person who was, um, um, she created like travel, uh, like, uh, yeah, travel routes or plans for people who wanted sort of like a more posh, um, you know, more, more posh experience. They wanted to go hiking, but but not just like, you know, they had a bit more income. So they wanted to go hiking in different places like the Alps or whatever, but but wanted someone to sort of like organize a trip while they did it all by themselves. Right. Mm. Um, then I work with a brand, like a, a, a brand branding person who is like a creative person. Um, I'm still working with her. Actually, I work with two branding people, one for, for small business owners and one for like medium to large size companies. Uh, I've also worked with like a, a business strategist. So someone that helps, with their with their business and then I've worked with nonprofits uh, so uh, that that's also been really cool and in in those cases it's very with the nonprofits I just come in and do interviews and work and then and then it becomes more hands off right. yeah well, what what might be an example though of your kind of ideal brief the kind of thing you'd like to land in your inbox or your desk oh um, you mean my ideal client yeah, like for for what they want you to do with them, like the sort of oh, they give you first. Yeah, so I think for me, um, if 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 someone was to say, okay, we have this um, budget, we want to create a fully playful, gameful experience around X. Can you help us do that? And where they ask me to design the whole thing and where we can work with like um, graphic designers and different people to kind of bring it to life, um, you know, where I can be sort of like the, the producer of it, the one that, you know, works with them with the idea and, and bringing it to life. Uh, but I'm working on that with a team of other people who are also collaborating and, and each person has their piece. That would be super cool. So, so if anyone's listening to this who has that kind of brief in mind, <laughs> they're welcome to contact you. In fact, actively we encourage you <laughs> to, to contact Dalia and have a have a chat about it. Yeah, uh, that would be great. Do do you apply do you apply any of this in your own life to having fun or gamification? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think I apply. Uh, small things so for example in in november of last year um i had um some some time where my my workload was decreased with one client um uh, because of a transition that was happening and and i decided that i was gonna play a little game with myself um during that month um where I would just do two things. I would do something that brought me joy every day. And I would contact someone I hadn't talked to in six months every day. Cool. And um, so, and then what, what happened is that I ended up, uh, well, one, I ended up doing really great things that month because I was like, what, what do I need to do today? It brings me joy, right? So it, it could be something small, like watch something on YouTube or an activity where I'm like, oh, I haven't done anything today. Well, maybe I'll go to a museum or something out of the ordinary. And then, and then by contacting people I hadn't talked to in six months, I 
I had so many great conversations with old friends and it brought me so much energy. And um, I even met new people because I contact, contacted old friends and they're like, oh yeah, you're in Amsterdam. Oh, you should meet so-and-so. I've been meaning to put you in touch. And, you know, so, so uh, sort of like playing those little um, sort of like games with yeah. I mean, it sounds to me that there, yeah. there could be an app in that for yourself. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it sounds like something that gets get some results and have some fun whilst you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and of course, then I try um, for my business because there's a, I have an area of my business where I, where I sell um, like these little play kits or products to help people understand different areas of, of a business. And, and those play kits are like gamified. So like you, you know, they're very short and, and you get little reward points and those add up to a cool puzzle and, and you have different levels with fruit and things like this. So, so uh, people get an idea of how, how things work with you. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's very meta. I'm, I may be talking about games in it while also having a game in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. So uh, people can, people can come and check that on your website. Yeah. Is the, yeah, so yeah, I'm in the process of redoing my uh, big um, my business website, my my freelance website uh, where I do all my consulting projects is up, which is aliasandovar.com. and then my company website, which is tinthue.com. You'll see a landing page, but I'm currently working on that one, and um, yeah. I think it's a fascinating area of business and, and certainly something I think a lot of people are interested in. I think for the most part, I've seen very basic ideas of this as already mm-hmm. kind of mentioned one of them to you, but also maybe some more of the, you know, the things that you mentioned about the, um, like creating fake scarcity times. I've certainly seen a lot of that online as well. Um, but it'd be, it would be great to see, to see lots more of the sort of the greater ideas of what you're doing mm-hmm. with gamification that really are getting people more involved in doing stuff that benefits them and, and helps them in positive ways. So, so I really like that. And, uh, the, you, you are you're becoming a yoga instructor you said that yeah I actually it already you am to, you already are oh, fantastic <laughs> yeah. what, what took you in that direction of, of wanting to do that as well well actually uh during the time that my grandmother was helping us um with all the play stuff my aunt my mom's sister who was very into yoga at the time would take us to yoga so I got introduced to yoga when I was like, I think I went to my first yoga class when I was seven, something like this. So, um, and, and those seeds were there. And then at some point when I was, uh, 21 or so, I took a, like a yoga, yoga meditation course. Um, and then, and then I started doing yoga regularly. And then last year, um, I was regularly going to this yoga studio and I saw this sign for a yoga teacher and never thought about being a yoga teacher ever I just you know (laughs) I've had enough studies (laughs) I don't need to study anymore and I just honestly it was just my intuition that kept saying try it and do it and um and I very much uh, uh yeah it was really it was a 10 month process we met one week and a month for 10 months. And um, the type of yoga I studied is uh, yin yoga, which is much more introspective and you stay in poses for longer. And it's, um, it was really great. I learned a lot about anatomy and physiology, things I hadn't thought about before. And it was really different um, learning how to teach yoga rather than how to do yoga. Yeah, I mean, so, I see. I see yeah. yoga as being kind of a, a lot about mind body mastery, and yeah. and a lot of what you do is like mind mastery. Yeah. More. So it's, it ties in quite well on on that aspect as well. At least for you, not just physically flexible, but mentally flexible as well. Which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's and wonderful. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's uh, I I really I think I'm still digesting a bit what that year was like because I literally got my certification at the end of November or beginning of December, something like this. So, um, so I'm still sort of digesting. What does it mean? What am I going to do with it? And, um, and, and I don't, I don't, it's not clear. It's not clear yet. 
um, but it, but it definitely up leveled the the way I think about my body and the way I uh, and and the role that yeah that connection between the body and the mind at a different level sure. and you know when my body's not feeling well my mind's not well when my mind's not feeling well my body's not well so what do we need to do to balance that i think it's very important to take a holistic approach in in many different areas of life as well so it's great to hear wonderful alia people can come and find out more about you on your website aliasandoval.com where else could they maybe connect with you yeah so actually um along with uh, a friend of mine who's like a creativity expert, we are doing a um, playful creative uh, summit where we're gathering a lot of game designers, people who are from the gaming industry as well as um, creativity experts uh, to to come and talk to us about interesting subjects. Um, and so if people want to check out um, the summit, we just currently have a uh, holding page because it's going to launch in April, the beginning of April. Um, but you, you can also reach me there, and it's through it's called the play well playful creative summit dot com. That's the, well, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll include the link for that into into the um, podcast description for people who can want to go and check that out, as well as a, yeah. a link to your web uh, web your website. Um, <laughs> but, but it's been it's been a really interesting conversation. Is there anything I should have asked you, or that you've been asked before that you really liked? that you, you like, would have liked to answer? Oh, yeah, that's a wonderful question. It's also a question I ask everyone. <laughs> like, did I forget? Did I forget something? It's a bit like, did I miss something? <laughs> did I miss something? So, like a, like a catch-all. Um, have you missed something that's like a, a catch-all? You know, I, I don't think there's anything in terms of my background or the work that I do. Um, but But I guess... There is there is something that I believe in that I that I want to sort of like share, which is this idea about sovereignty. You know, a lot of us as business owners and people who who want to uh, sort of find more freedom in our lives, either freedom through time or uh, freedom to to choose the work that we want to do, or freedom, um, financial freedom, all, all the all different types of independence and and I really believe that play and and games is one avenue in which we can we can gain that and and I mean I sort of get a tickle in my stomach when I when I think about this because it, it it's about you know uh, enjoying life a bit more you know kind of getting out of your head and and of course we talked today a lot about putting it um, towards business or services or products but really also to like apply it to your everyday life and to look at life with with a playful playful eye would be really really great and you know not to forget that because we're now grown up that playfulness stays behind and just you know, remember to play is what I want to share. Remember yeah, to yeah. play. Yeah, one, one of my one of my business idols is uh, Richard <laughs> Sir Richard Branson, and uh, you know, the, there's a man who knows how to play and yeah. uh, and have fun with what he does. And mm -hmm. and what we're talking about today about play and having more fun. Biz if business is all serious, that might be part of the problem. So bring bring some play, have a bit of balance with it, and make it more more engaging, more fun. And yeah, for, people play. Yeah, for yourself, for your clients, like. Like, um, um, I think I s somehow being an adult beco has become this like serious business, right? Like there are serious things that need to get done, serious activities and serious cleaning and serious everything. So <laughs> I, and I, I, although I'm a, you know, there, there's solidity to me. I really feel myself up uh, to be like a playful person and I don't, and I think we would be a lot happier if we all played a bit more. So. I agree. I think that's a, a wonderful thing to end on. We could all benefit from being a bit more playful in <laughs> yeah. our lives. Alia, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fascinating. And uh, I hope that people will come and find out more about you and connect with you. And uh, that we'll see a lot of really good, well-developed gamification coming into things in business in the future as well. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you like and subscribe to stay updated for future episodes. If you think you'd make a great guest on the Loki podcast, or you know someone who would, or you have any feedback that might help us to improve the show in the future, please email me directly, john at presentinfluence.com, or visit the Present Influence website or our LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter accounts. We look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you there and seeing you again on a future episode of the Loki podcast.